Hello, you're watching CSO Executive Sessions. I'm your host, Anne, and I have a very special guest today. Um, joining me on this episode is Anthony Greco, who is Chief Information Security Officer at Cisco. Hey, Anthony, welcome to the show. Hi, Anne. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Um, as a global CISO, um, you have oversight of information security across different regions. Um, based on what you're observing, how are markets in Southeast Asia faring in this area? And where do you see opportunities for improvement? Yeah, look, I, I think uh, one of the exciting things is cybersecurity is top of mind for everyone, and that includes the ASEAN region in particular. Um, I recently spent some time in Singapore and, and Tokyo and, and Japan, uh, uh, really spending a lot of time with our customers, understanding where they're at. Uh, my honest assessment is there's work to be done, but I think that's true across the globe where we've got a lot of work to do from a cybersecurity perspective. Uh, we did a survey of our customers globally, uh, the Cyber Readiness Index, and it showed that about 25% of the ASEAN customers were rated as mature from a cybersecurity perspective. Uh, so that, that in and of itself indicates that there's a lot of room uh, to improve from a cybersecurity point of view. Some of the things that I saw when I was there and visiting with our customers really stood out to me about the region in particular. I think there's a real opportunity and a need to really buckle down and focus on the foundations of cybersecurity, thinking about how we uh, ad address the, frankly, often too easy to exploit environments that we're running today, uh, patching them, making sure they're well defended, making sure they're up to date and modern. Uh, today, I think oftentimes we're making it too easy. And I think I found that quite a bit when I was in the ASEAN region in certain pockets of, of the marketplace. Um, again, that's not specific to ASEAN. Uh, we do see it globally, but I think it's worth mentioning here as a call out. When I think about the other thing that uh, I've observed, and I think we have an opportunity to do better at uh, in ASEAN is I, I think there's a real challenge around talent and how it is we manage cyber risk across the complex landscape that we have today. I see responders and, and my peers in these companies really worn out by what they're what they're experiencing and, and the opportunity to really help them bring uh, disparate information from systems to help them more ac adequately, accurately and timely defend what they're responsible for defending is uh, is a second thing that stood out to me as I was visiting that I think ASEAN in particular could uh, could really benefit from some focus in that area. Do you have a war story uh, that you can share with us, maybe preventing an attack or recovering from one? Um, what are the key lessons from that experience? Yeah, so I, this is the, the the challenge with being in security, right? You, you don't always know when you've prevented something from happening. And I think that's a real uh, mental drain on, on people that are a part of this industry. I can tell you stories every day about how I've seen architects make the right decision or uh, operators make the right decision to defend Cisco as a company. And, and there's no telling what that has saved us from an attack perspective. Uh, on the flip side, we all have cybersecurity incidents. Anybody that's uh, uh, paying attention in the cyber world is having an incident some point in time. And so, you know, the, the, the lessons that we've learned as we've gone through those is uh, how important it is to be transparent with so many people that are involved. I, I think oftentimes security professionals and, and, uh, and, and folks that are in the security industry 
are afraid to admit what has happened. And, and what we found in particular is it's super important to use uh, the adversaries' activities, the learnings from them in a methodology that helps teach both internally within our employee base what happened, what are we going to do to fix it next time, how can they play a role in, in fixing it, and then also sharing that with our customers. Um, uh, Cybersecurity is such a complex topic where we all have different experiences that are lived every day. And, and uh, the need for us to share that information amongst ourselves uh, is so important to, to build a collective defense. It, it, it's a community, ultimately. And, and, and I think sharing those insights from uh, when things don't go well, I think, is one of the most important both challenges and opportunities for us as cybersecurity folks. Yeah, as, as we've shared with our uh, our customers and, and publicly what's happened in, in certain cybersecurity incidents, we've had the outpouring of thanks and appreciation and, frankly, customers and others that have been able to take that knowledge and implement it so that they aren't victim to the same adversaries is really rewarding. And I think the, the opportunity for us to continue to improve collectively as a community. Right. And um, if we're talking about cybersecurity, that we can't avoid the topic of technology. Um, so what are some technologies, they can be new or old, um, that you've been thinking about lately? Yeah, the, um, I, I think there's a real uh, opportunity for uh, folks in the security business to pay attention and leverage uh, their network to give them better ideas of what's going on inside of the environment. When I look at how we defend Cisco, um, there's a lot of emphasis that we place on understanding what's going on on our network to get a sense of the disparate businesses that are connected to Cisco and, and our customers. And so I think there's a real opportunity to take advantage of that knowledge and, and really uh, explore for most customers a new way to think about cybersecurity. That's one thing. I think the second thing, the zero trust transition uh, to more identity-based access mechanisms, uh, posture mechanisms, is I think one of the most uh, important transitions that many organizations are going through. Uh, and and I think that technology in particular is one of the things that can provide a solid foundation for. Uh, defenders to do things better, uh, ultimately, from a defense perspective. The third area for me is, is really how do complex organizations take signals and logs and information from a disparate set of products. Oftentimes, you have multi-vendor environments. You have a lot of different technologies that are a part of your landscape. Sometimes they're the choice of the security team. Sometimes they're the choice of the IT teams. You never know. Uh, and, and really, how do you bring together that information in a way that helps you understand what is the most important thing for the defender to be paying attention to today? And, and that, I think, is the third area for me that is, uh, I think, from a technology point of view, a real freeing thing that we'll see coming forward uh, to help people scale to help people respond more accurately and quickly that I think is super important. Um, uh, generative AI is a hot topic um, right now and people are quite curious about the use cases in cybersecurity. Um, what are your thoughts on it and how are you leveraging uh, the technology to better protect um, Cisco and its clients? 
Yeah, so I mean, this is the hot topic, right? Uh, and and as a cybersecurity person, you think about it from both ends. You think about how can it help better defend and what the capabilities are we can get from it. And then you think about how is it going to accelerate the adversary? And I think that's a really important observation to make. If you look at generative AI, it's widely available. If you look at a, another trend like quantum computers, like th th those are really hard to get a hold of ultimately, but generative AI is everywhere. So we've got to think about it from both, both angles when it comes to a security landscape. Um, first and foremost, I think it is probably the biggest transformation we've seen in technology in the past 20 years. And I think it will prove out to be that, but it will be some time. I think there's a lot of energy around it right now. I think we'll find out more uses of it as we go. When it comes to Cisco and, and in particular, how we're thinking about it, there's a lot of work that's going on to embed generative AI to make a security defender and uh, uh, a defender's job more easy. Um, we are thinking a lot about how do we express and make it easy to just do things like implement policy. If you think about a complex organization like ours, we operate in 98 different countries around the world. We have 120,000 employees and contractors. Making a rule change about how does access need to change potentially because of something that's happened inside of the environment, that can be an extraordinarily complex topic and something that is very hard to do completely across such a large landscape. I think the AI models and generative AI can help take the idea of block this type of traffic in this situation and make it happen across the enterprise in a really exciting way. On the adversarial side, we've already seen adversaries using generative AI to make uh, more effective looking phishing and, uh, and, and things to ultimately try to trick users. I think we're unfortunately just at the very beginning of that trend. I think that's a fairly obvious uh, uh, way that they'll start to leverage the technologies. But ultimately, you know, one of the things I tell my team is we've got to get familiar with the technology. Um, this, I think the, the opportunities for us to leverage it to accelerate our operations and what we're doing to defend our company is uh, is really limitless in many different respects. But we've got to be really thoughtful about how do we apply it and don't get too far uh, too fast uh, when it comes to our energy around it. Make sure that we're balancing it with all of the important things that we've got to do on a day to day basis. So you can't solely focus on it today. Right. Um... Now, this is a, a little exercise that I run sometimes with my guests on the show. Um, can you think of a cybersecurity technology that hasn't been created yet, which would be useful to cybersecurity practitioners everywhere? Oh, uh, yeah. It's For me, it's, a, it's the easy one, which is automatic patching and updating of uh, security vulnerabilities so that an operator needs to do nothing. Um, when I look at the biggest pain point that we have today, it is how do we keep up to date with known vulnerabilities and complex code bases as they're deployed in customer environments? How do customers keep up with it operationally? Um, the, the magic that makes it so that the second the vulnerability is known about and fixed, that it is deployed and operational in every instance of that piece of software running around the planet, that would, I think, uh, change the game from a, a friction point from what adversaries have to go through. And uh, while we're on this forward-looking path, um, how do you think information security roles will evolve? And consequently, what should practitioners be thinking about or doing now um, to prepare for that? 
Yeah, I think, you know, I think there's a really important point that we're at in the information. I've been doing cybersecurity stuff for 20 years. For many of those 20 years, it was just the geeks. It was just the engineers. It was just the people that wrote code that were paying attention to cybersecurity, not just, but primarily. I think what you've seen over the past couple of years is a real identification that we need a broad set of skills and capabilities in the cybersecurity industry and how important that is going to be to the future success. I mean, so everything from communications people that help cybersecurity professionals communicate with non-cybersecurity people to legal people, to policy folks, to uh, people who focus on UX and uh, the user experience, like all of these different fields all have a role to play from a cybersecurity perspective. So I, I think about this question in two ways. One is I think about how does cybersecurity need to infest or infect the every other domain that's out there? Uh, so whether you're a cybersecurity professional or not, you need to be cybersecurity aware in what you're doing, regardless of your job. And then for people that really carry that cybersecurity job title, I think the, the key thing is the, the world is moving so fast I think the opportunity to continue to learn and grow and reskill yourself is an essential skill in cybersecurity. I've been doing this for 20 years. Every day I learn something new about what's happening in the cybersecurity world. And, and finding your niche, whether it's a new policy conversation, whether it's a new governance and GRC conversation, whether it's a new technology conversation, I think the challenge for us is to really make sure that we've got the the hunger to continue to learn in this space and then not just learn in our space, but learn what's left and right of us from a cybersecurity point of view. So I I think in five years, in 10 years, we will have failed if we have not created cybersecurity expectations across every discipline, whether or not you report to the CISO or whether or not you report to the cybersecurity organization. That's a really good point. Um, and lastly, Anthony, um, do you have any parting thoughts to share with our audience in Southeast Asia and Hong Kong? Yeah, I, so a, a couple of things. One, you're not alone. Uh, there's a lot of folks that are out alongside you and don't ever hesitate to seek that community because as I mentioned, cybersecurity is a team sport and we must we must solve this together. That's one thing. The second thing for me that is super important is um, cybersecurity is a really noisy space. You'll hear about a lot of different things at a lot of different times. One of the most challenging things for cybersecurity professionals is to really stay focused on foundational things that are really going to transform your ability to defend, your ability to identify attacks and respond to them, and, and, and really cutting out the noise. Don't pay attention to the shiny things. Really stay focused on the foundational things. Uh, this for me, I think is the most important thing because I see cybersecurity teams hopping between thing to thing to thing and never really getting done a foundational set of capabilities. So stay focused. Uh, and, uh, while it's important to understand the shiny things that are happening, make sure that we keep our teams in particular that are working on this every day, focused on delivering capability that actually, uh, is the hard work of, of defending the enterprises we, we, we protect. Sound advice. Very well said. Um, well, thanks, Anthony, for speaking with me today. It's been wonderful chatting with you. Um, and to our viewers, as usual, thanks for watching.